TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Over the last 70 years, Israel has developed into a world leader in many fields. We are a world leader in high-tech and medicine. However, we are also the third in the world when it comes to the gap between rich and poor. One in three children in Israel is going hungry. We learned that 850,000 children in Israel are living without food. We believed that we could do something to make a difference. So we started Yad Ezra Meshulamit. We asked for help and many started to get involved. We went from distributing 50 food baskets a week to over 3,000. Started a children's center to give them a hot lunch every day and began distributing formula to mothers who couldn't afford to feed their babies. We noticed that when parents don't have money for food, they don't have money for school supplies either. So we started supplying them with backpacks and school supplies and hired tutors to ensure that every child is set for success. And that's not all. Some of the kids were showing up to school with sandals in the winter. So we began supplying them with brand new winter coats and boots. Children began eating properly. Behavioral problems decreased. And every one of them began doing better in school. Everyone was healthier, happier. Food changed everything. In the last 30 years, we took an overwhelming problem and did more to solve it than we ever thought possible. We've helped bring fresh food to a million people in Israel and have brought hope to those who would have otherwise fallen through the cracks. Our ultimate goal is to break the cycle of poverty in Israel. We must expand our reach to those who are suffering and secure the resources needed to make it happen. So this year, join us, become a partner, and show Israel's hungry children and their families how much you care. Welcome back to the program, Mom Zev Brenner to Israel We Go. And we're speaking right now with the Field of Booksbaum director of Yad Ezra Shlamid and they break the cycle of poverty one child at a time. Tefila, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us on the air. So just give us an overview of what exactly Yad Ezra Vushlamit does. They've been around for over 30 years. A lot of people in America are not as familiar with it, but you do such important work in the Holy Land, so give us an idea. Okay, so um, our basic goal is to make sure that everyone has food. We, um, we were started in 1988. The person who formed the organization is named R.A. Lurie. And he grew up hungry in Israel, and he said, I'm going to do something for the Jewish people. I don't want anybody to grow up like I did, hungry. I mean, he had a wonderful family, but he remembers waiting in a line for potatoes and somebody giving him a torn dowel and how that hurt him for the rest of his life. And he said, I need to find a way to get food to people with dignity. And he started Yad Meat. and in 1988, he was giving out 50 food baskets a week. Uh, today he's giving out 10,000 food baskets a week. That's a week. Wow, that's amazing. Said, yeah, well, we went up tremendously because of COVID. In other words, we used to give out 3,500 baskets a week, and then, you know, the Chagim, we gave out a lot more. But when COVID hit, the whole population who 
asked for baskets changed and we went up to 10,000 a week because so many people were unemployed. You know, you got to understand it's still here. You know, the problem with COVID is that even though Israel's been doing an amazing job and, you know, Baruch Hashem, most people are vaccinated and we have lower levels of COVID in Israel. Um, <clears throat> Israel's a main source of Israel's income is tourism, as you know, and that is still that's not functional anymore. That just doesn't, you know, and I'm talking about the lower level people, you know, when you have, uh, I'll give you an example. There's a lady who she, she cleans, you know, so when there's people coming in hotels and you need a cleaner every day and she has a job, but now she doesn't have a job for years already. So the Israeli government really stepped up to the plate last year and they gave the unemployment benefits carried through for like a year and a half, almost two years, but now it's ended. So a lot of people still need help. And our goal, as Rav Arye always says, is children. He says that the poorest, poorest, the poorest, poorest person in the whole world is a child. Why? He can't go to a food a soup kitchen. He can't, he can't do anything to get himself food. You have to go out and find them. And that's exactly what he did, and that's what we're doing this month. Svat is one of the poorest cities in Israel. There's 40% unemployment. And there's just thousands of kids who are going hungry. They live under the poverty line. One out of three children are hungry in Israel. And Sfat is just a center of poor kids. And we used to have a children's center there for 350 kids. They came in every day for a hot lunch, help with their homework. They, you know, they give them <clears throat> a new school bag in the year, the beginning of the year with school supplies, a new coat, everything to make the kid feel normal. And then the government needed the land. We were on caravans. So we had to close, but they gave us land to build a building. The municipality of Svat gave us the land and paid for the infrastructure. <clears throat> so now we built a building. We're you know, fast forward, you know, several years later, and we want to reopen for 200 kids. We're starting with 200 kids to come into the children's center every day. And this month, every donation that's given is matched. For the month of December, we have matchers, and we're asking people to give $208 as one month of food and everything for a child and imam everybody wants to do something to help a jewish child in israel get out of poverty what can you do you can do one child you know you're talking about changing their life forever once they get in the children's center they not only get a hot lunch they not only get help with their homework there's going to be a computer lab there these kids will not see a computer they don't own a computer in their home they won't see a computer until they're in high school Wow. So I, before, and you're doing such great work over 30 years in Israel, but let me ask you this $64,000 question. Israel is a leader in high tech. You point out Israel is a leader in dealing with COVID and vaccinations, and there's so many areas where Israel is number one or close to it. It's, it's, it's really the, the, the nation of wonders. It's a startup nation. Why is it when it comes to poverty, when it comes to kids not eating and having enough food to eat, why is it Israel so behind? Because the numbers are, are shockingly high. It's like one out of every four or every three kids in Israel are in poverty. Why is that the case? So originally, I think the problem started when Israel had to use funds for defense. You know, there's a lot of a lot of areas that Israel has to remain strong. There's no cutting corners, as you know. That's number one. And the second reason I think is that, you know, people in Israel here, um, they the government focuses on these other priorities, 
and they leave the business of giving food to the poor to charities. I mean, we met with Benjamin Netanyahu when he was prime minister, or right before he was prime minister, and he said he was going to try and help us. And um, the, it becomes less important when you're dealing with Iran and you're dealing with all these, you know, existential threats to your existence. So um, I went to the um, Jewish agency. I went and I asked them for help. That you know, a lot of money is funneled to Israel through the Jewish agency. And they basically said it's not the responsibility of um, the Jewish agency or uh, to support the poor people. It should be done by the government. I said, okay, but the government is not doing it for other reasons. They are, they're not. So she said, but it's not our, it's not our place. And then I went to the head of uh, the Jewish federations in Israel, an Israeli person, and she said to me, um, it's not the job of the federations. That's what she said. She said the federations, you know, build schools or, you know, a computer for every child. But it's not the responsibility. It's the responsibility but of the government. But before you get to computers, maybe I'm naive, but don't you have to have kids eating? They're not going to function and learn when computers or anything else if they're, if they're hungry. They're also going to misbehave in school if they're not getting Correct. enough food. So, so the root cause exactly is feeding them. Feed, feed, feed them. I agree. Correct. And that's what I said to her. And she said... Yes, but it's not our responsibility. So what I think hap is happening is everybody is passing the buck. The government says, let's leave it to the charities. You know, you go to the Jewish agency, you go to the Jewish federations. I'm not saying they don't help. The Jew there are many federations, Jewish federations that do help, you know, but, but it's not their main focus. As you know, they're building many things in Israel. They're doing many wonderful projects. But as one person told me, food you give today and it, you have to give tomorrow, nothing's left where a lot of people want, you know, if it's a plaque on the on the wall or, or whatever it is. But food, I think, as you seem to understand, is a basic. You know, we're Jewish people. We give the whole world. We're helping everybody everywhere. And our own children are hungry. I think it's a lack of realization. You know, John Medved is a supporter of ours from our crowd. And he said, you know, it's like a tale of two cities. On one hand, high tech and, you know, all, all, all that kind of stuff is doing great. And on the other hand... People are going hungry. Yeah, because that, that that's a basic because you know it's shocking when you see, you know, the kind of poverty. We're not talking about missing a meal, but missing many meals, not really getting enough nutrition, not getting food, coming to school hungry. So I'm glad that you have an organization so the Yad Ezrushlamit that provides food and clothing and emergency relief to tens of thousands of Israeli children and their families each year. So you're you're getting money from the government. You get money from people overseas. How does it work? Is it a combination? Because it's expensive, and I assume that the, the price of food has gone up in America. I would assume with the, all the problems with shipping around the world that, that the price of food has probably gone up in Israel too. So the price of Israel, the price in Israel food has gone up specifically on vegetables because it's shemitah. Uh, oh, that's a very good point, right. So it's, it's really, really gone up. Shemitah is a much more difficult year in terms of, um, of the vegetables. Um, so, I'm sorry, what was the and My question was, question? is where are you getting your funding? Is it government? Is it, is it the okay. pe people helping so, you throughout the world? Is it a combination? How do you, how do you operate? So I'll tell you the truth. The, the government does give us a little. When we have, uh, we give out 50,000 food baskets for Rosh Hashanah and Pesach. And every year they decide how much to give per basket. So last year it went down from 12 shekels a basket to eight shekels a basket. 
So, you know, you're talking about how much is that, you know, so they look at it when you, there's thousands of baskets, it adds up. But when you look at it in terms of how much are they helping, not so much, right? That's the first thing. And, and how much, and, and they said they give you eight shekel of basket. How much does it cost you to put together a basket? So, you know, it depends on the family. Some baskets are 150 shekels. Some baskets are 400 shekels, 500 shekels. So eight, shekels is a, eight shekels is a joke then. It, yeah. Wow. So you have to go out and raise the money throughout the world. Right. So you, you, you said, where is the money coming from? So the, the first place I would say is um, nice, concerned Jewish people throughout the world, Jewish people and non-Jewish people who care about Jewish children in Israel really come through. They are the donors. They're the ones who, who, who realize there's a problem and give. We, we apply to foundations. The government here does give us a little bit. We also get a little bit from Jewish federations. Um, Jewish Federation of Los Angeles gives us every year. Jewish Federation of um, Sarasota Manate gives us every year. Jewish Federation of San Francisco gives us every year. You know, and, and it's wonderful. Everybody gives a little, we can make it. But, you know, you're talking about, you know, feeding a lot of people is feeding, you know, more than 100,000 people. So what is your budget like on a yearly basis? So it's a lot of money, but, you know, three-fourths of our budget is in in-kind donations. What does that mean? So we have 10 trucks, and we go to the farmers, and we get the leket and the paya, you know, the part where it says in the tar that you leave for the poor, and we pick that up, and then we buy. We have to buy what we can't get. But, for example, Tsnuva, and in the past year or two since COVID started, Snuba is the major milk company in Israel. They give us hundreds of thousands of shekels worth of milk products every month. Every month. We have a couple of girls who work in the office. They call companies. And, you know, many times there's a product that it's still good, but it's only good for three months. So they can't sell it. So they give it to us. We give it out right away. Right? Leket, which collects food throughout the country, we're their biggest recipients. We get more vegetables from them than anybody else in the country. Leckett does the backward, the background work of collecting also, and then they bring to us and we deal with the people. So um, the major funding comes from kind individuals throughout the world who realize that it's a shanda, it's a terrible thing that Jewish children are going hungry, and, and, they, and they help. So wow. that's, why, that's why we're turning to people in, in, in America and the States and all over the world who listen to your program you know, if everybody gives a little, there's enough. There's enough for everybody. Everybody gives a little. So that's what we're we're trying to make the focus instead of like when I went to the, the Jewish agency, you know, yes, if you want a computer for every child, we can do that. We can't do food. You know, I need, I need people to realize, you know what? The most important tzedakah you can give is to make sure Jewish people have food. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I totally There's nothing the beyond that. Now, do you also collect from catering halls or people having weddings and things of that nature? Is that part of what you do, or is I was curious? Uh, have no, leftovers. No, we we used to do that. We're, we don't do that anymore. Well, but COVID, I assume they're, they're not as big as uh, they're not probably not as big events anymore, too. Um, no, they're not. But uh, we we don't do that anymore. We focus more on children and on getting baskets to people. I'll give an example. The city of Batyam is a very poor city. Now, they contacted us, and they asked us if we would 
they gave us, if they would give us a warehouse, if we would open a center there to give out food baskets, because people, especially in COVID, people were really, really suffering. So we did. That city really works with us. So we have a whole warehouse in Batyam, and we give out hundreds of food baskets every week, right? And that, you know, totally different population of people are asking for food baskets. Wow. We're speaking um, we with... Have another, hmm? I'm sorry, we have another so we have another um distribution center in Sfat and in Jerusalem and Elifelet. And um you know, we're on the front lines here trying to get food to people and we just need we need your support. We need the support of people all over the world who care about Jewish people and especially Jewish children, as my boss always says, you know, they can't help themselves, we have to help them. And um make it a priority in the in the giving world for the Jewish people to get food to Jewish children in Israel. We're doing it to director of Yad Ezra Shlomit. They're breaking the cycle of poverty one child at a time by providing food, clothing, and burdens relief to tens of thousands of Israeli children and their families each and every year during COVID. That matter only got worse. We'll give it out at the end, but let's give out the phone number and also the website now for people to learn more and to help out. How do they get in touch with, with your organization? Yad Ezra Shlomit. Okay, so um, you can go to feedajewishchild.com. Easy to remember, feedajewishchild.com. I happen to have the toll-free number here, 866-978-5049, 866-978-5049. Now, you have centers and you feed people throughout Israel, but you mentioned earlier, Tefillah, that you're focusing on Safat. It's a very poor city. There are about 200 kids that you're looking to help. So... Tell us exactly what's happening in Safat. So, um, as I said, we used to have a children's center there, and then we were forced to close because the government needed the land, and now we built a new building. So we're just waiting to open, <clears throat> and all we need is support. There's more than 350 kids that used to come to the center. We want to start with 200 kids. And what happens is they come in every day after school. They get a hot lunch. They get help with their homework. In the beginning of the year, they'll give them new school supplies. They'll give them a, a new coat. My boss says when he was poor in Israel, he got a hand-me-down coat that was torn. But he said, nobody thought less of me because I had a torn coat. He said, today, that's not the case. Can you imagine coming to school with a torn coat? He buys new coats for these kids and new boots. You know, one time a child came into the children's center in the winter, in the rain, um, with sandals and socks and a sweater. And that's how the whole program started with the coats. And then they give them um, <clears throat> a voucher before Pesach to go to a clothing store to get a new outfit. And in the winter, they give out a heater and a blanket. You know, you're talking such basic needs of a child. You know, Rev Aryeh, who's not a rabbi, he's not a rav, but everybody calls him a rav because of what he's done with his life. He says all the time, you know, it's not, there's nothing wrong with being poor. He says, it says in the Torah, right, that Hashem looked into the world and wanted to give the best gift he could to Klaisha. What did he find? Poverty. Poverty is a gift. And this is what Ravari says. He says, you know why poverty is a gift? He said, when you grow up poor, you learn to care. He said, it's not a bad thing if you can maintain the dignity of the child. If you maintain the dignity of the child, he can be who Hashem wanted him to be in this world. But you have to make sure he has the basics. So, you know, giving 
not just food, right, but a coat. And the way you give the coat, you know, they, they have, it's like a store and they pick whatever they want and there's new boots and a new sweater. You have to make the child feel like he's just as good as anybody else. And unfortunately, as you know, in our world today, that's become so materialistic. If you don't have the basics, you, you know, like I had one little child come to me and she said, you know, my friend got a, a new school bag. She got two new school bags this year, once in the beginning of the year and once in the middle of the year. She said, I have the same bag for three years and look how it looks. You know, how does that child feel? You know, and another time a child said to me, you know, um, well, actually, this is what happened. She had a, uh, she came to me and she said, do you have any plastic bags? I said, no. And she said, the next day she came again. She said, do you have any plastic bags? I said, why do you need plastic bags? And she said, my sister's at home and she couldn't come today and she has no food. So I took half of my plate and put it in a bag so I could take it home to her. Wow. So, you know, as Rev. Ari says, you know, do you, that is what you learn from poverty. You learn how to care. You learn that, you know, there are people that have needs and you can't overlook them. He, you know, he says all the time, his parents, it's very interesting, his parents, um, they were very poor. But every Shabbos, his mother would make a big cholent and the first, you know, with bones, right? They didn't have meat, they had bones in their cholent. And the first portion, his mother would give to him and say, take to the neighbors, they have less than us. So the 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 fact that people are poor, it's not a busha, it's not it's not a, a bad thing as Hashem gave it as a present because you become a sensitive person. But having said that, it's our job, right? Why did Hashem make poor people? He can feed everybody, Hashem can do anything. It's for us to understand and have compassion and to help and say, out. you know what? And to help out. I can't go, you know, as Rev Ari always says, I can't go to sleep at night. What I know is a Jewish child who's hungry. Do such holy work. And before I let you go, I was just curious, Ario Lurie, who is a Jerusalem businessman who grew up, as you mentioned, dirt poor himself. And today he became a successful businessman and he runs. He's the inspiration behind Yad Ezra Shlomit. How did he get himself out of poverty into a situation where he can now afford to support other people? So... um I think most of his life he did live under the poverty line. He has like 12 or 14 kids. Um, but he actually worked as um, he was in, he worked as a chef for a long time. He, he, I think he was the chef this the chef for um, Eric Sharon. Oh, if you remember uh-huh. him, many years ago. And then um, you know he did various jobs and built himself and built his family up. And he he was giving even when they didn't have. You know what I'm saying? He would get from other places. He would go and get the leftovers, you know, from different stores, the, the produce at the end of the day. He was, when he first started, he only gave 50, 50 baskets. But, you know, it, like he does today, he himself would go and pack the food. And he would get from all, all different places. So he not only pulled himself out of poverty, i just give you an example of what he's doing. I just want to tell you about two more projects that shows you how... The poverty makes you care. Every project that he started was started because somebody came to him. A woman came to Rev. Arie, to the offices, and she said, I don't have enough food to buy Materna. Materna is the baby formula in Israel. It's very expensive, like 60 shekels, like more than 
twenty shark twenty dollars a box, right? Yeah, it's twenty dollars a box, and that lasts for a month. So she said, but I found that if I dilute the baby formula, in other words, if it says to say, if it says to put one cap of baby formula to a cup of water, so if you put, you know, to two cups of water, one cap to two cups of water, you have more formula, but it's less nutrition, less, less nutrients. So if I if I water it down then the baby doesn't cry. But that baby's malnourished. So he started a whole program. He contacted the maternity people. He buys Materna, the formula, and he gives out hundreds of cans of Materna each month. Another situation came, this came up quite often. You know, when we deal with a lot of widows and orphans, he gives, there's 300 widows a month that he gives them a a, uh, voucher for a local grocery. He said, it's not bad enough that they don't have a husband. They're missing everything else in life. They should be missing food. And there's 924 orphans that benefit from this program. So one of the things that happened with this program was that, you know, what happens when an orphan gets engaged? Where in the world are you going to get money for a wedding, right? There's just no way. It's not possible. And what happens to these families is that, when such a joyous occasion has when you, you know, somebody's getting married, they find the shidduch, right? And it, they, they were depressed. There's just, no, there's no way to pay for anything. So um, he got a wedding hall. He refurbished a, a wedding hall. And what did he do it for? The cost of a wedding is 5,000 shekels by him for both sides. In other words, it's less than $1,500. Wow. And it, it just pays for the cost of what he has to pay for. And then he, he wants to do, you know, fundraising to have people pay for weddings in Israel so that an orphan can have a normal wedding and not feel like, you know, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to do this? It's God's so, work. And, it's amazing work that he's doing, that the organization is doing. I'm referring to Yad Ezevushlamit, which helps break the cycle of poverty because unfortunately in Israel you have so many children and families living be, below, way below the poverty line, and and the Yad Ezra Shlomit brings food and clothing and emergency relief to tens of thousands of Israeli children and their families each and every year. If people Tefila, I love the name Tefila. If people want, is that a new issue? How do you get the name Tefila, by the way? Uh, I was given the name Tefila by the um, Belzareva. Very nice. I didn't know. I didn't know my Hebrew name. I just knew my who I was named after, which was Fila which is Yiddish or Polish, and he said, Tila, that's your name. So, Terrific. It's a wonderful name. So people should do more than just pray. They should also give. So mm-hmm. if, if people want to help and learn more about Yad of Shlomit, let's give out the information once again, how people can be in touch and how people can help for $200 a month, or is it a year that they can help a family or children in Safad? Is that your new campaign? The campaign for this month is feedajewishchild.com for $208. It feeds a child and gives everything we give him for a month. Um, and uh, we're trying to take in 200, child, 200 children. So it, you can imagine how, how, how many $208 we need. But like I said, this month, it's matched. For the month of December, any donation that's given is matched by donors and matches that we have that agreed to to double the donation. So... This is the time to give. Um, it's the time to make a difference in a child's life. Everybody wants to help a Jewish child in Israel. You know, it's like my boss, Ravari, always says, he says, why wouldn't people want to help? All I do is give food to Jewish children. 
Let's give out the information. How can people find out information on how to give? If you go to feedajewishchild.com and you can make a donation and it, and you have that number, the 1-866 number. And if you want to call yeah. toll-free, 866-978-5049. Again, that's 866-978-5049. Tefela Buxbound, Director of Yad Ezra Shlamit. Thank you for joining with me. Thank you for the important work that you're doing and for sharing. I think it's heartbreaking to hear the poverty in Israel and hopefully with the help of Yad Ezra Shlamit will be able to break the cycle of violence. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And we're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. One of the most important Jewish institutions in the world today is Talkline with Zeb Rana. He is so smart and he is so innovative, and he has so many interesting guests. I don't know what Yiddishkeit, I don't know what New York, I don't know what the world would do without Zev. So Zev, Yashikoch, may you go from strength to strength and keep keep informing us and educating us and keep fighting for Jewish values. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms, or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the TalkLineNetwork.com.